Lord Jesus and Heavenly Father, we thank you oh so much for the beautiful day you blessed us with. Now the awesome opportunity to be able to get back into your word. Help us now as we continue our studies. As we pray in Jesus' precious holy name, amen. Continuing our Bible study of May to Z in the word healing, we'll turn to Matthew and chapter 20. We see here, as it reads in verse 30, Behold, two blind men sitting by the wayside, when they heard that Jesus passed by, cried out, saying, Have mercy on us, O Lord, thou Son of David. And the multitude rebuked them, because they should hold their peace. But they cried the more, saying, Have mercy on us, O Lord, thou Son of David. And Jesus stood still and called them and said, What will ye that I shall do unto you? They say unto him, Lord, that our eyes may be opened. So Jesus had compassion on them and touched their eyes, and immediately their eyes received sight, and they followed him. On this series of the word healing, we see here once again another example. Here he did not ask the two how much faith they had or that they would be healed by the amount of faith. So the Lord is teaching us in many ways here that he can heal us. He can heal us and he likes to refer to and reference that we do have faith that he can heal us or that we have faith that he can heal someone else. But he also extends that by grace and mercy to those that might not have much faith. And he gives them a healing anyway. And here there was no reference to the amount of faith that these two had, but the Lord healed them. And we can see the ultimate healing process of being raised from the dead, as the Lord's already shown us when he raised the young lady, the 12-year-old girl, from the death. And we see here that he is going to rise from the grave, the ultimate healing and receiving that glorified body. As we see here in Matthew chapter 28, and this is after he's crucified and put in the tomb, and on the third day, we see this unfolding. In Matthew chapter 28, verse 1, In the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. His countenance was like lightning and his raiment white as snow. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake and became as dead men. And the angel answered and said unto the women, Fear not ye, for I know that ye seek Jesus, which was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, as he said. Come, see the place where the Lord lay. And go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he goeth before you into Galilee. There shall ye see him. Lo, I have told you. And they departed quickly from the sepulcher with fear and great joy, and did run to bring his disciples' word. And as they went to tell his disciples, Behold, Jesus met them, saying, All hail! And they came and held him by the feet, and worshipped him. 
Then said Jesus unto them, Be not afraid. Go tell my brethren that they go into Galilee, and there shall they see me. Risen from the dead. God raised Jesus Christ right up out of that grave, just as he has promised us that glorified body that we will have and be transformed in a moment in a twinkling of an eye into an incorruptible, immortal body. Jesus Christ displayed that for us as he come up out of that grave after being in there, come up that third day and stuck around some 40 days preaching and teaching and then ascended up to the Father, sits on the right hand of the Father, our great high priest, the mediator. And he has promised us that he's going to come back and get us to be with him for eternity. And praise the Lord, I'm looking forward to that. All right, that finishes up the word healing in the Gospel of Matthew. So let's roll right on over into the Gospel of Mark and see some references to healing in the Gospel of Mark. And in Mark chapter 1, let's pick it up here in verse 23. Of course, this is very early on in the earthly ministry of Jesus Christ. So we're going back to, in Mark chapter 1, pick it up here in verse 23. Now this is right after he started gathering his disciples. And very early on, it starts healing people. In verse 23, And there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, saying, Let us alone, what have we to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth? Art thou come to destroy us? I know thee who thou art the Holy One of God. And Jesus rebuked him, saying, Hold thy peace, and come out of him. And when the unclean spirit had torn him and cried with a loud voice, he came out of him. And they were all amazed, insomuch that they questioned among themselves, saying, What thing is this? What new doctrine is this? For with authority commandeth he even the unclean spirits, and they do obey him. And immediately his fame spread abroad throughout all the region around about Galilee. And forthwith, when they were come out of the synagogue, they entered into the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. But Simon's wife's mother lay sick of a fever, and Anon they tell him of her. And he came and took her by the hand and lifted her up, and immediately the fever left her, and she ministered unto them. So very early on, he encountered this person and dwelt with an evil spirit and he told him to hold his peace because he didn't want it announced that he was the son of God yet he did not want it spread about even of the healing the spiritual healing which was part of the process of this casting out this demon because of all the people that would come in and it would distract him from doing the work that he had laid out to do he didn't come just to give physical healing or to cast out evil spirits. And then he goes into the house there and note again that he heals Simon's wife's mother and doesn't ask if she has faith or even consider anyone else's faith around, but by grace 
he heals her. As it continues in verse 32, And that even when the sun did set, they brought unto him all that were diseased and them that were possessed with devils. See, right away, his fame starts spreading. They, that's, they flock him with all these people that need something. And it's sad, the attitude of the people, it was all about gimme, gimme, gimme. You know, what can I get from this man? It's sad to say there's too much of that going on today as well. People turn to the Lord because they want something from the Lord. Or they come join a church because they want something from the church. Or they get involved in a, a ministry of any sort. It's because they want something for themselves rather than how can they give? How can they provide something for someone else? Which is what the Lord was teaching us to put others and their needs above our own. Verse 33, And all the city was gathered together at the door, and he healed many that were sick of divers diseases, and cast out many devils, and suffered not the devils to speak, because they knew him. And in the morning, rising up a great while before day, he went out and departed into a solitary place, and there prayed. And Simon and they that were with him followed after him, and when they had found him, they said unto him, All men seek for thee. And he said unto them, Let us go into the next towns, that I may preach there also, for therefore came I forth. And he preached in their synagogues throughout all Galilee, and cast out devils. And there came a leper to him, beseeching him, and kneeling down to him, and saying unto him, If thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. And Jesus moved with compassion, put forth his hand and touched him, and saith unto him, I will be thou clean. And this man proclaimed his faith right away. Knowing, he says, if you will, I know you can do it. And he did it. Verse 42. And as soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy departed from him, and he was cleansed. And he straightway charged him, and forthwith sent him away, and saith unto him, See thou say nothing to any man, but go thy way, show thyself to the priest, and offer for thy cleansing those things which Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. But he went out, and began to publish it, and to blaze abroad the matter, insomuch that Jesus could no more openly enter into the city, but was without in desert places, and they came to him from every quarter. Being overrun with all these people that wanted something, they wanted healing, they wanted the evil spirits cast out, they wanted gimme, gimme, gimme attitude. And it was distracting from the purpose that he came, and it was to preach the gospel, the good news of the availability of a salvation to get our sins forgiven not just the availability of being able to get your physical ailments taken care of. Jump right on over into chapter 2, and we see here how he has power to forgive sins and proclaims that in Mark chapter 2. And again he entered into Capernaum after some days, and it was noised that he was in the house. And straightway many were gathered together, insomuch that they were no room to receive them, no, not so much as about the door. And he preached the word unto them. And they come unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four. And 
when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was, and when they had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. When Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. But there were certain of the scribes sitting there and reasoning in their hearts, Why doth this man thus speak blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God only? And immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they so reasoned within themselves, he said unto them, Why reason ye these things in your hearts? Whether is it easier to say to the sick of the palsy, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Arise, and take up thy bed, and walk, but that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins. He saith to the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, Arise, and take up thy bed, and go thy way into thy, thine house. And immediately he arose, took up the bed, and went forth before them all, insomuch that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, We never saw it on this fashion. Proclaiming to them that Son of Man has authority to forgive sins. Son of Man meaning this man before you, himself, is what he was speaking of, that he has authority to forgive sins. He, after all, is the Creator. He spoke us all into existence. We are His. We are bought with price. That is the price of His blood on that cross. He has the authority and the power to forgive sins. And by His finished work, and like it says in Isaiah, by His stripes we are healed. So through the healing and the forgiveness that's available, when we trust in Him, when we have faith in Him, and when we accept what He has done and what He says He's going to do, then we can be blessed with all the things He has available for us. All right, we'll run on into verse 13 here. Mark chapter 2, verse 13. And He went forth again by the seaside, and all the multitude resorted unto him, and he taught them. And as he passed by, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, also known as Matthew, sitting at the receipt of custom, and said unto him, Follow me. And he arose and followed him. And it came to pass that as Jesus sat at meat in his house, many publicans and sinners sat also together with Jesus and his disciples, for there were many, and they followed him. These would have been associates, co-workers, and friends of Matthew, these publicans and sinners, because Matthew was a publican. He was a tax collector. That's what publican was. And when the scribes and Pharisees saw him eat with publicans and sinners, they said unto his disciples, How is it that he eateth and drinketh with publicans and sinners? The Pharisees didn't like the publicans. Of course, most of the Jews didn't because the publicans were the tax collectors and they were working for the Romans. So they considered the publicans turncoats or traitors. Verse 17. When Jesus heard it, he saith unto them, They that are whole have no need of a physician, but they that are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Jesus was there doing a work reaching out to the sinners, to the publicans, to those that needed healing. 
needed the spiritual healing. All right, roll on on into chapter 3. Pick it right up in verse 1. And he entered again into a synagogue, and there was a man there which had a withered hand, and they watched him whether he would heal him on the Sabbath day that they might accuse him. And he saith unto the man which had the withered hand, Stand forth. And he saith unto them, Is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath days, or to do evil, to save life, or to kill? But they held their peace, and when he had looked round about on them with anger, being grieved for the hardness of their hearts, he saith unto the man, Stretch forth thine hand. And he stretched it out, and his hand was restored whole as the other. Note again, he didn't ask that man how much faith he had, but by grace he healed that man. And the Pharisees went forth and straightway took counsel with the Herodians against him how they might destroy him. Such jealousy, such envy, such hatred, contrary to what they were supposed to be representing, the Pharisees and the Herodians and the Sadducees and the scribes, and they were all supposed to be well learned in the scriptures. They should have realized the fulfillment of the prophecies right in front of their face, but they weren't sincere. They didn't really have the true love of God. They were in it for themselves. They were in it for the glory, for the prestige, for even the finances, and not truly in it for serving the Lord. And they displayed that over and over. All right, into verse 7 here. Chapter 3, verse 7. But Jesus withdrew himself with his disciples to the sea, and a great multitude from Galilee followed him, and from Judea, and from Jerusalem, and from Adamia, and from beyond Jordan, and they about Tyre and Sidon. A great multitude, when they had heard what great things he did, came unto him. And he spake to his disciples that a small ship should wait on him because of the multitude, lest they should throng him. For he had healed many, insomuch that they pressed upon him for to touch him as many as had plagues. And unclean spirits, when they saw him, fell down before him and cried out, Thou art the Son of God. And he straightly charged them that they should not make him known. And he goeth up into the mountain and calleth unto him whom he would, and they came unto him. So we see this over and over, people coming in, wanting to be healed, wanting something from the Lord. As it continues, and he ordained twelve that they should be with him and that he might send them forth to preach and to have power to heal sickness and to cast out devils. So he gave that power of the healings and the casting out of devils to the twelve disciples that he had chosen. And as you read on there, you see their names. So we see how he can pass that power on to someone else to be able to do the process of the healing, do the prayer, and have people healed and the demons cast out. Now, he did that for the disciples at that time. All right, look 
at a very interesting one possessed with the devils over in Mark chapter 5. Here we see a man they called Legion because there were so many evil spirits within this man. And he cast them all out in Mark chapter 5 verse 1. And they came over unto the other side of the sea, into the country of the Gadareans. And when he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit, who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no man could bind him, no, not with chains, because that he had been often bound with fetters and chains, and the chains had been plucked asunder by him, and the fetters broken in pieces, Neither could any man tame him. And always night and day he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying and cutting himself with stones. But when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshipped him, and cried with a loud voice, and said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of the Most High God? I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. And we see how that indwelling spirit was able to give that man the knowledge of who Jesus Christ is. As it continues in verse 8, For he said unto him, Come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. And he asked him, What is thy name? And he answered, saying, My name is Legion, for we are many. And he besought him, much that he would not send them away out of the country. Now there was there nigh unto the mountains a great herd of swine feeding, and all the devils besought him, saying, Send us into the swine that we may enter into them. And forthwith Jesus gave them leave, and the unclean spirits went out and entered into the swine, and the herd ran violently down a steep place into the sea. They were about 2,000 and were choked in the sea. So this is a very interesting thing we see here, how these evil spirits have the capability of entering into a animal as well. You may have encountered in your life various animals that you thought maybe they were possessed with something because they've been so mean, especially when it comes to dogs. And we see how vicious they can be at times. And you kind of wonder, is that being influenced by an evil spirit? We have evidences of angels entering into animals and other scripture references. And here we see how these demons were entering into these these swine, and they were trying to stir up trouble. In verse 13 again, And forthwith Jesus gave them leave, and the unclean spirits went out and entered into the swine, and the herd ran violently down a steep place into the sea. They were about 2,000, and were choked in the sea. Now, these 2,000 swine doesn't mean there was 2,000 of these evil spirits in there. There was many. It didn't say how many. And they affected the entire herd. And they wanted to kill these swine to get Jesus in trouble. And these swine were 
being sold secretly to the Jews. They weren't supposed to be eating swine. It was one of the unclean animals. But they would hire these folks to raise them and raise this herd and then harvest that and then go back to various towns and sell that secretly as we see some of them here in verse 14. And they that fed the swine fled and told it in the city and in the country and they went out to see what it was that was done. And they come to Jesus and see him that was possessed with the devil and had the legion sitting and clothed and in his right mind and they were afraid. The reason they were afraid was because that herd was gone. Now they would be held accountable to all those investors that had paid for raising those swine. And they that saw it told them how it befell to him that was possessed with the devil and also concerning the swine. And they began to pray him to depart out of their coasts. They wanted him gone. They wanted him to move on because just messed up their income. Plus it feared them to see such power displayed. And when he was coming to the ship, he that had been possessed with the devil prayed him that he might be with him. Howbeit, Jesus suffered him not, but saith unto him, Go home to thy friends, and tell them how great things the Lord hath done for thee, and hath had compassion on thee. That's interesting here. The others he was telling, Go be quiet. Except for the one, of course, he told, Go to the temple. The others he's saying, be quiet, you know, don't spread it around. But here he specifically told this fella to go and spread the good news and show himself to the others, which would have been quite a display of how the Lord could heal someone of those indwelling spirits. Verse 20, And he departed and began to publish in Decapolis how great things Jesus had done for him, and all men did marvel. All men marveled that saw him and knew his past and knew how he could be changed. And, of course, we've seen this in people's lives, how the Lord could take someone that is what we would consider a pretty ornery fellow and heal them spiritually and be converted and become a great man of God. We, of course, have the great example of, of Paul, how he was such a scoundrel trying to hunt down and arrest and bring back as many Christians as he could to Jerusalem so they could be tortured and even killed and being converted on that road to Damascus and being the greatest missionary of all time. And we see that that was uh, all done by the power and the grace of the Lord, that spiritual healing that could be done to cast out those evil desires, those evil spirits, the dark side that is within everyone until they become born again and to give people the physical healing as well. Primarily, and the most important, is that spiritual healing that He can give all of us to cast out those devils, those evil ways, those dark ways and behaviors, and to cleanse us and fill us with His love and His light. And then let's take that love and that light and go out into this dark world and share it with others as well so they can see the pathway to come to the Lord and they can get that spiritual healing as well as physical healing that they may need. Let's pray. 
Lord Jesus and Heavenly Father, we thank you oh so much for the many things you have recorded for us to be able to go back and study, to see the examples of your power and your influence, your grace and your mercy, and help all of us come to you, humbly come to you, and get that spiritual healing that we all need. We thank you oh so much as we pray in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. Thank you all.